to another episode of Simply Unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Joining me tonight, we got Rob. Hey, guys. It's Rob. And we got Devin. Hey, how's it going, people? It's me, Devin. So, this week, we all watched Army of the Dead? Is that Army of the Dead. Army of the Dead on Netflix. Yeah. Starring Dave Bautista. Of WWE fame, uh, nah. Is it, is it a WWE fame? Like, so you look yes. at it, you're like, all right. So hold on, hold on. While yes, WWE is like where he's from. The question is now: Is Drax his bigger role? I mean, f- okay, fair, but I mean, he, he, uh, WWE is what made him who he is. True. That's why I was like, I don't. Without WWE, he wouldn't have even been Drax. So true. I guess no, no, you're not maybe wrong. maybe some of the older listeners of WWE fame, and then for some of the newer listeners of Guardians of Guardians of the Galaxy fame, playing mm-hmm. Drax the Destroyer. To be fair. fair, he's no longer either one of those things. Well, yes, that is true. He he is no longer either one of those things. Uh. Now he is Dave Bautista of, I guess, Army of the Dead fame. There you go. Good job, um, Dave Bautista. So we're going to talk we a little about this movie. Spoiler alerts. We're going to be telling lots of things that happen in this movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, I will start this movie. I will start this off. Normally, we I reserve this to the end, but I do. I, I recommend it. It's a good movie. Like it's It's an entertaining movie to watch, at least. Um, not necessarily to sit down and, you know, you don't have to pay 100% attention to it constantly, but it's definitely, it's, it's, it's an action movie. It's a, it's a zombie movie. Um, that's probably the best way I'm going to describe it because it was the best way it was described to me. It's your typical zombie movie. There is a little zombie heist movie. It's a zombie zombie heist movie. It is Ocean's Eleven meets... Zombie edition. Dawn of the Dead. Uh, but there are little, there are remake differences. This year, there are little differences and some, some questions that I will have for you 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 gentlemen. Um but essentially it starts off with uh like an escort. Like there's there's military convoy hauling a big cargo container and a newly married couple in Las Vegas uh, driving on a road and then his newfound bride decides to give him a honeymoon present that does not promote safe safe driving, I will say. Um, 
and they end up drifting over into the other lane, causing an accident. They get fucking slammed. They get a knock. I thought they were gonna like jerk off to the you know to the right and like be okay, but no, they have fucking lead the lead guy in the military convoy also wasn't paying close enough attention and they just fucking head on collision destroy the one car with the married couple in it the they end up tipping over the car the truck with the crate in it um and then the crate opens they radio in for you know assistance what they should be doing once the the people on the other end realize that the crate's open they tell them get the fuck out of there. Just, you know what? If you have men there, leave them. They're not worth it. Just get the fuck out of there. Save yourselves. Uh, and then just one dude comes out. One singular zombie, zombie dude who moves very, very fast. Uh, like faster than 28 days later. Uh, and just proceeds to chew through and maw through all of these soldier guys. Two of them end up fleeing into the, what was it, Nevada desert, uh, only to be found because one trips and makes a noise. Uh, and then those two, they get bit and instantly turned. Like, not even, like, there's not even really a gestation period for, like, this virus. It's your bit. You see it traveling through your veins. It takes you over. You you are now zombie. Uh, and there's a bit more about these zombies, but then we get like this montage sequence of, I'm guessing the military dropping all of these cargo containers that are like welded and and fabricated together on top of each other and around Las Vegas. Um, so you get the sense that like just the zombie apocalypse in this movie mm-hmm. is centralized in Las Vegas. Uh, no one comes in or out. There's like safety camps and stuff where like they did send military people in and, and, and certain people in. That's where you get the montage of all the various characters that we meet, like Batista going in there with his partner and killing a bunch of shit. Um, it's, you know, that, that, well, what movie was that that did that slow motion montage with the zombies? Uh, uh, Zombieland? No. Zombieland. There you go. Yeah, it's like that slow motion Zombieland intro montage just with lots of gunfire and explosions. Um, and then essentially the movie starts after that you're we're like in a like a almost like a fema camp i guess um where they're like monitoring people who have come in, who are going in or or coming out of of the city and like taking their temperature and monitoring their vitals and if they even show the slightest signs of sickness some of them are getting put down apparently um this is where other than Batista, this is where me and Rob saw one of the first people that we recognized, and that was the cop, uh, who is played, uh, I forget his name. Uh, I mean, I knew who he was, too. Timothy Rossi, I think? He played Juice in... Theo Rossi. Theo Rossi. 
Yeah, played Juice. Yeah, he played Juice. He also played Shades in fucking Luke Cage. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Shades. I forgot about Luke Cage. <laughs> um. Anyway, we find out he's a prick in this movie. Uh, and then from there, it cuts over to Batista working as a short order cook in a restaurant. He's just flipping burgers, minding everybody's own business. And then some Japanese businessman uh, comes in and offers him a job to do a heist. Uh, now, was Batista, like, was he just a mercenary in this movie? Or was he, like, a, was he military? Um, it's I, I feel vague. like him, him accepting a heist job. It's and, kind of vague, honestly. Like, yeah. it's not really, like, very, like, it doesn't tell you exactly, like, th- th- whether or not that was the case. Like, I really feel like know. he was just a mercenary. <laughs> That's my opinion. I'm, I might be wrong. In any case, he's told to put together a team that he feels can do this job. Uh, And then they will, once he puts together the team, they'll move forward and discuss the plans. Uh, And so, like, the next little montage is him putting together a team. He goes to his partner, his original partner, um, talks to her. And then she has ideas for who can round out this team. There's a guy who is on, what is it, like YouTube or some streaming thing where he, or TikTok or something where he's super famous for killing zombies, I guess. So they get him and two of his friends, but one of them ends up leaving. Uh, they get a safe cracker. Um, who is probably one of my favorite characters. Uh, then they get, I forget. My brain is mush. Who else do they get for this team? They get the Cracker, they get the, they get the black guy. Was he part, he was part of the original squad too, right? Or, Or his mercenary team or whatever. They he seemed to know him pretty well. Yeah, yeah. They get, they get the girl that knows him well too, the one that I think was in love with him secretly or whatever. Yeah, that was the that was his part. That was the partner. That was who he went and to then first. The, then the pilot lady. Oh yeah, then the pilot lady, who oddly enough was never actually. Even the though they were in so many scenes together, we we talked about this while we watched this movie. Uh. Devin, I don't maybe if you want to read it because you're the one who found the article. Uh, the the woman who played the pilot is a stand-up Big comedian. Uh, her and Batista shared screen time a lot, but she heard Batista never met in real life. She was CGI'd in apparently. Yep. Her and Batista never met IRL, which is kind of fun. They never met IRL. Now, what was the what was the reasoning for for, for her being CGI'd in? It was something they because had originally else. it was uh, originally it was Chris Delia who was in in this movie. Um, it was Chris Delia, and then uh, he had Leave quite a phones. few uh, uh, sexual sexual misconduct allegations against him and whatnot that led to where we are now. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, I mean that's kind of what happened with that one. But other than that, I mean that's kind of the reason why. So she uh, basically the movie was done. I think when they decided to pull him, if I remember correctly, it was something like that. Yeah, like they were pretty much done with the movie when they decided to pull him, and it kind of just became that like that crazy because of that re- uh, that reason alone. Right. Yeah. And those, so, yeah, she got she she, she got CGI in in most scenes. Uh, there was like I think she was like shared screen time with the one girl. Uh, they were together on the roof for the helicopter. That was like one of the few girls that she actually shared like like actual screen time with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, it was all. Uh... So, once they assemble their team, <clears throat> I'm gonna let one of you guys start. Once they assemble their team, we start to get like the whole. Um, we start to get like the whole uh, like we get like this fantasy like that plays out of them like going around like that's where we're talking about like the introduction again. They added that same thing again, like the introduction to the team again. Um, but now you have the fully assembled team, and so that was happening, and. We're getting like how this is playing out. Like he's he's like going over this plan, right? If I remember correctly, right? He's going to the plan. He's like, oh, going to plan out. And then he gets to the safecracker guy, and he's like, "Uh, how exactly do we kill zombies again?" Yeah, it looks like they're there, but then you realize when he does that, like they're just standing in a room, all like yeah. imagining yeah. what's happening. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, uh, how exactly do we kill zombies again? Somebody. Want to uh, break that down for me? <laughs> so that all happens. Then what happens after that? I mean, yeah, I think at that point we get the yeah. So we have our team. They're holding going in for two hundred million dollars. We get former mercenary. You get Dave. You get the it's in two hundred million dollars in the casino vault. We get uh, Mary uh, and the pilot. The helicopter pilot, the German safecracker Ludwig, and the sharpshooter Mickey Guzman, who brings along his associate Chambers. Yeah, Martin joins the team to observe them. Oh yeah, that's when that's what happened. That's when they find out what's his name is coming to the team. Fuckface. Oh yeah, the Japanese, uh, the guy who hired them. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's when they find out. That's when they find out that Fuckface is coming to the team. Um, and what I'm is not a fan from? of that. That guy's from like a sitcom or something, isn't he? Ah, that I'm actually not sure about. Honestly, he probably is, but what exactly is? I'm not even sure. I'll look it up. You get, you keep, you you keep talking. Well, it cuts to the daughter, who you don't know is Baptiste's daughter, and he and she is talking with a mother of two little kids, and she said that she needs to go inside, and there there's a basically a coyote that will take her through the wall into the into Las Vegas, so she can crack open one of the slot machines and get the money to buy her way out of the the camp. Um, and the daughter tells her that it's a bad idea and not to do it, but she and two other friends end up doing it anyway, which you don't know because you see them talking to the coyote lady, and then that's it, and then it cuts back to them. So they basically arrive at Las Vegas, and 
they go to the outer camp. Well, uh, so the reason the reason why they were able to get in because the outer camp was basically not letting anyone in. Like anyone that came out of Las Vegas had to stay in this basically like a refugee camp in case they got sick. So the other reason that the team was able to get in is because they had evacuated because they were planning to nuclear strike Las Vegas. Uh, and they were going to do it on the 4th of July, so that left them two days to do it. Uh, but the camp was evacuated a couple days earlier. They arrive and almost nobody's there except for their, the guy. You find out that it's Baptiste's daughter and the, the coyote lady and the cop. Uh, who is getting the last people onto a bus. Um, so the daughter... Uh, well, he, he talked to the daughter previously, and she agreed to let them onto one of the buses. So that's how they snuck in, basically, into the camp, because she brought them in on one of the, the evacuation buses, the last one that was supposed to be leaving. Um, so they get in. They talk to the coyote lady. The girl, daughter finds out that she let her friend with the two kids in, because the two kids are by themselves, in the tent, which she just rushes out of the tent and goes to tell them she's going in to look for the mother. And hopefully those two kids were put on the bus because they were by themselves in a tent and she was the only one that knew they were there and then she just left. But anyway, I digress. Oh, so she gets yeah. in the fight. We should, we should probably mention the fact that Rob didn't care for this movie. Uh, I I mean, it was okay. It just, in the end, it ends up being pointless and I have a, a thing about movies that end up being pointless. It's like, okay, so all this happened, but then in the end, everything that happened was pointless. So... Rob is very Rob, Rob. Rob is very anti unhappy ending. Like, if if a movie does not have a happy ending, Rob's like, I fucking hate this movie. It's terrible. I mean, it doesn't even necessarily have to be happy. Like, I mean, you, I hate it. Did you ever see the Prince of Persia movie? No. You probably would hate that movie then, because like the whole it was based off a video game, and the whole point in the video game is you have like this sands of time dagger thing. Mm -hmm. So if you jump off a ledge and you don't make it, you can hit the button real quick and rewind time. Yeah. Now the Prince of Persia movie goes. It's like I don't. I don't know all the runtimes, but say it's a two-hour-long movie. It goes like an hour and a half, and then he ends up using the thing and rewinding time, and none of the first hour and a half made it. Made made didn't make a difference at all. Like yeah, there was no point. <laughs> that is very true. That does actually happen in that movie. <clears throat> That's and what frustrated probably, me yeah. so much about that movie. I was like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> yeah, that so actually, is yeah. the same kind of thing. It's like if they hadn't gone in, it didn't wouldn't matter if they had gone right. in. Nothing like nothing matters in the end. It's yeah. like okay, well, fine. <laughs> um, also, the guy that uh, they get sent in by the Japanese dude. Uh, uh, what I knew him from. Uh, or what movie that I or what show I was talking about anyway or referencing was Raising Hope. Uh, he was, I believe, the father in that in that in that sitcom. So he he's been in a lot of other things, but yeah, Raising Hope. Interesting. <laughs> uh, but you can continue. I'm sorry. <sighs> Yeah, so basically, when I'm getting, um, they figure out that they're going to get in, like Rob was saying, they uh, figure out they're going to get in, how they're going to get in, it's, it's his daughter. Um, and it's kind of a really funny scene that takes place, because she finds out that the coyote chick took in, like you said, she took in this fucking, um, 
the two the, friends. The girls, no, yeah, the two friends, like, who are that girl's parents, or those kids' parents, her parent and her friend or whatever. And then, they, yeah, she she's like, I'm going, I'm going, so we can do about it. Um, and it's just really funny because the scene takes place, and he's just, like, this really buff dude getting told off. And he, he's, like, leading a team, and he's getting told off by, like, his, like, 20-something-year-old daughter, and, like, he, it's like you see this argument take place, and he kind of just bitches out and walks back. It's like, all right, well, this is my, this is our new teammate. <laughs> yep. And you're like, well, that was uh, this is our fearless leader. All right, cool. <laughs> so that happened, which is really funny to me. Like that, oh, that whole fight took place like right there. Like it, it was like that awkward distance away. Like I don't think we're supposed to hear this, but they're talking loud enough where we do hear this. You know what I mean? Mm. And they're all standing there, like, yeah. And he comes back. He's like, "All right, so we we talked this over." Like he tries to sell it off. Like we talked this over, and this is going to be our new team. And it's like, nah. She just kind of like verbally kicked your ass. Um, although I will say this, the daughter's motivations are very confusing to me. I do not understand she why she just she's wanted to like, go in there and get the two people. No, 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 no. Why she's so pissed at him? Like, it's, I mean, I get it, but she, 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 she describes it, but it's very poorly, and I'm like. Well, it's I just mean, the fact that he left afterwards. And that he yeah. Wasn't, that he wasn't around. Yeah, but so it's like... like uh, for the listener's sake, so there's this flashback scene of Batista and his wife had turned and was scratching at a door and he came up behind her and then he's, you know, she turned around and she was very visibly turned and she you know, started to go after him or whatever, and he just kind of pinned her up against the door and then eventually plunged a knife into her, the top of her dome, uh, killing her. And then the door opened and the daughter was in the room. So he essentially saved the daughter from the mother because the mother had to be put down, but then apparently left. Like, he just, he fucked off. He left the daughter by herself. He thought the daughter was hated him for doing what he did to his mother to her mother but it it wasn't that it was the fact that she was so pissed that he just left and never came back but see but the part that bothers me is that we don't know how long this has been going on but it they kind of make it out like he's been reaching out trying to talk to her and she just keeps not talking she's like oh we haven't talked in forever but like he still like keeps tabs on her like he like he knows what's up and it's just really funny to me. I'm just like, yeah. I don't understand your why. I don't understand your relationship. <laughs> like, what is this? Um, I like, I don't get it. So once they get the coyote and they figure out how they're gonna get in, they also the coyote lets them know that they need another person. And they end up recruiting the officer played by Juice or Theo Rossi. Um, some of the people ask why. And she just said essentially to help carry stuff, you know, because they had like all these canisters of gasoline um, for the helicopter uh, on the rooftop. So they justified it as we needed him just purely for a pack mule. Um, But there was a different purpose that she knew of that why they were going to need him. Knowing that he was kind of a a dirtbag. So they travel through these containers that are filled with stuff. I, I guess people lived in there or something because there was furniture and stuff in one of them. And then they come out on the other side, and as they're traveling, they all get held up 
the coyote girl tells them to hide. And then I think this is the first time we see the tiger. We see the, the Siegfried and Roy's white zombie tiger. Uh, it just kind of like walks on top of a car, roars a few times, sniffs the air, and then just kind of meanders off. Uh, and then they come up to a, a, a section where I, I feel like it was like a laid over bus or something, uh, tipped over bus. Uh, but she kind of, the coyote kind of leads, uh, they, they leads Theo Rossi's character off away from the rest of the group, comments on his gun, and then starts flirting with him to get to get him to give her his gun so she could quote unquote look at it. Uh, then she shoots him in the leg. Uh, and then instantly, I don't remember. Did they tie him up, or does he get wrapped up by the zombies? The coyote did. Yeah, so the the coyote then zip ties his arms, you know, and then they all back up, leaving him there yelling. And two zombies come, uh, a a female and a male, and she looks like what I am picture like the. like a, a witch would look like, I guess. Um, and this is really one of the first times that I realized, like, these zombies, other than, like, the the very first one you see that comes out of the cage, that comes out of the containment unit or whatever in the beginning, um, they are, like, communicating through, like, weird guttural noises and clicks and whatever. Um, but we find out that essentially like to get past this point and to be able to come into the city, the zombies required an offering of some fashion. So that's why she opted to bring Theo Rossi's character, uh, was as the offering. And the, the guy ends up grabbing his leg and dragging him off, bringing him to one of the different hotels or whatever, not the one that they were going to. Um, and then that's when they decide that they were going to get off the streets and go indoors and they had to go through the zombie maze, which I'll let you take it away, Devin. <sighs> Starting with the, the dark zombie maze. Dark zombie maze. Wait, you mean like the, the you say dark zombie, you mean the. The fucking... You're talking about, like, the wall of... What are you talking about when you say Dark Zombie Maze? The, uh, remember where they, they decided they were getting off the streets, so they went inside, and then they oh, found, like, yeah. the, all, like, the hibernating zombies or whatever the fuck they yeah, were? Yep, yep, yep. There you go, there you go. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I, I the maze threw me off. I yeah. Like, what? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so they, yeah, they get inside, they start trying to navigate the... I don't know if it's, like, the basement or, like, underground to that spot or whatever it is, but... They're trying to like navigate because they went through a kitchen. True. It was just like the ground floor of some place, but there was just it was super dark, and they were warned don't shine the light in the 
the flashlight in their faces because it'll wake them up and don't touch them. Otherwise, they are they all stood there like mannequins in various different poses and whatever. Yeah, that's exactly kind of what it was. It was like it was, it was really weird, but it was kind of interesting. And then at the end of it all, they got there. At the end of the they're getting through. They're like trying to be quiet, like you know, don't don't shoot, don't do any other crap. But you know, here we go. Yeah, Batista's laying <laughs> down glow sticks. That that was an important thing for this part. Yes, Batista's laying down the glow sticks. Because d- douchebag who got sent with him ends up throwing one of them a different way. Because he and the girl get into a fight or an argument. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <sighs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <clears throat> so, yeah. Well, that's where, isn't it where they get to like a certain spot? They How do they get split up when they're in there? I'm trying to think. Well, they don't really get split up yet. Um, the the douchebag guy who got sent with him by the Japanese dude, him and the girl that call him out for being, you know, having ulterior motives, are the last two to go. So he goes and she goes last. He throws the, one of the glow sticks one different way, so she ends up going that way, getting stuck, turning around, and then having to kill like five zombies with a knife, and then that causes all sorts of ruckus. Because pans fall on the floor, and then all the zombies wake up, and the douchebag ends up locking the kitchen door with her in it, and they're all, like, shooting their way out, and then they make it to, I think, like, the bottom, near the bottom floor of the casino that they're supposed to be in. Um, They're, like, in a massive hallway, and then that girl yeah. ends up busting through the glass... And they all stand there like assholes watching her fucking fight for her life against these zombies. Yeah, it's so, like, and, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, well, you brought yeah, up a good point mid, mid-movie mid about, well, they didn't want to shoot because they could her, potentially shot her gas tanks and killed her. But she was, first, she right. was dying anyway. Second, every other time they've shot their gun, it's been fucking sharpshooter-style headshots. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> I don't know. Like that. That I will say that that scene was my least favorite scene because I was really rooting for that girl, and uh, they could have done so much more to save her than what they did. She ended up dying uh, ultimately. Uh, yeah, her, it was cannibal. Her boyfriend sh- literally purposely shot the gas tank on her back and ex- made it explode taking out all the zombies that were swarming her. <clears throat> yeah, it was kind of bullshit. Like, it was absolutely kind of bullshit. Also, like I said, she doesn't say it. Like, she's there with them in the same room for a good, like, five minutes. She saw the guy lock her in the yep. thing, and he smiled at her, and she says nothing to them about how he's locked her in there. She's yep. just like... And she says things to them. She she speaks words, so I don't... Whatever. Yeah, it wasn't one of those moments where she was, like, defending herself to the point where she, like, could not concentrate on anything else because she definitely was talking to them. She was shouting to them. Uh, you know, just quickly yelling, he locked me inside, would have been enough. You know? Yeah, for sure, that would have definitely been enough there. But um, for whatever reason or another, they just made a decision not to do that. And then while that scene which... was going on, 
we see Theo Rossi get dragged in and brought in front of the main zombie, I guess, like the, the alpha alpha zombie. And, uh, the alpha zombie bites him on the arm and instantly turns him and tosses him down into a pit where a bunch of other zombies jump down and lift him up and he like crowd surfs away. It was this very strange scene. Uh, but we find out that the woman zombie was essentially his queen. They do communicate, and there are different types of zombies at this point. There are like the slow, creepy, crawly zombies, like normal zombies, and then there were there are what are called alphas, where if you're bit by this dude, you become an alpha, and you're much faster, much more resilient, much more dangerous. So essentially, he turned Juice into an alpha. Yep. All right. So now they're in the bottom floor of the casino. Take it away. Sorry, I'm struggling today. <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you. And I wish I like watched this a little earlier because it's still like super fresh in my mind. But um, one thing I don't think you mentioned that I thought was interesting was. Around all the the outer edges where the things were put around the city, there's a bunch of like dried skeletal bodies, and the the coyote lady tells them that they're just they're they didn't realize to get out of the sun, so now they're all dried and gross. And she's like, "But when they ra- it rains, they come back to life." And all of them were oh, like, yeah. "Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that does happen." Yeah, you gotta figure like temperature effects on a human body like especially one that's technically deceased and how that would affect it like no one ever thinks like in in like a zombie apocalypse now normally like a zombie apocalypse scenario is something that I could talk about nonstop and like the only the only time I've ever taken weather into account would be going somewhere where it is frigidly cold all the time and snows a lot because then eventually, like, essentially you would feel like the zombie would eventually freeze and they wouldn't be able to move around anymore. Um, which would make things safer. I never took into account places like Nevada, you know, like the desert where it, take, where it gets, like, stupid hot. And what kind of effect that would have on on a decaying human corpse, essentially. It would dry it out way faster and... Yeah. I don't know. It it was an interesting thing, though. All I know is we're not to the part where Batista fucking just throws a card table across a casino. Yes, we are at that part. That is true. We're not at that part. No, we're not. Oh, we're at that part. We're not, no. Yeah, that's way later. What am I talking about? That's the escape. Yeah, that's way later. I mean, I wouldn't say way later. They have very things to do in this Substantially later. No. They only have like three more things that they do here. (laughs) They turn on a generator, and then they have a heart-to-heart. Batista has a heart-to-heart talk with his daughter. Then they, the, the black guy and the safe cracker go downstairs and deal with like a trapped hallway. And then the safe. And the helicopter lady goes up to the helicopter and she's like, 
it's a piece of junk, like a rusted old medical helicopter, yeah, um, and she's mesh. like, he spent so much money on the model of this thing. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, and then while while they're while they're packing up money, once they get into the safe, uh, the girl leaves. The daughter. She mm-hmm. sneaks out to go and try to find her friends. Which the, she specifically told her not to do. Yep. The coyote girl and the douchebag guy sneak away because they were supposed to be like taking care of the perimeter and closing all the exits and everything. Um, they sneak away to go lure the queen back. Because he wanted, he told the coyote later that lady that he needed a couple vials of her blood. That was it. Motherfucker garroted this chick and took her whole head in a bag. Yep. Uh, um, because of that, the alpha, the main alpha one, goes on the warpath. Uh, oh, you forgot! You forgot the part with the booby traps. No, yeah. well, I, I, I kind of breezed, breezed over. I said that the black guy and the safe cracker uh, took care of all the trapped hallway, and then got yeah, but safe. they sent a zombie down the hallway. That's how yeah. they did it. Which was then great. I'm going to let you guys discuss it because I'm having a hard time talking. <laughs> like I'm trying to swallow down the urge to get sick. I got you. Just give me like a second and I got you. I'm getting like fucking bombarded with shit. Alright, so yeah. Gas tank explodes, all that shit sucks. Um they yeah, they so they turn the power on, they get to the roof, she starts prepping the helicopter in the roof, then uh they get him down to the vault, past all like all the booby traps. Well they get him down to the vault, and then when they're in that like uh hallway there and that happened before like them them getting down in the vault happened before then it cuts and that's when we get to him luring the queen they lure the queen he winds up heading her puts the bitch in the bag zeus finds it uh zeus then finds her body gets super pissed um that's when she reveals she was pregnant and then pulls out like the fucking like blue crystal fetus um then after all, and that's when they find out, once they get the power back on, that's when they find out that the nuclear strike's been moved up. Because that's, it's been a few, right? Like, they, yeah, that, yeah, that's when they find out the nuclear strike got moved up, because they thought they had, like, I think 24 hours it was. The time that they, when they left, they were supposed to have 24 hours still. Yeah, like, they basically had, like, 24 hours, like, when they landed, like, in, in the facility or, like, around, right around there, maybe, like, four hours to get in the facility or whatever. So they, they had, like, a good chunk of time. Then uh, they yeah, find out it hour. got... Yeah, they got moved up to, like, an hour. And they're like, well, fuck. So, that happened. Oh, yeah, there's the... Um, oh, yeah, Rob, there's the corpses in the basement, too, that ha- were wearing all the same clothes. Yeah. <laughs> Which was really weird. Yeah, and he starts talking about how maybe it's a cycle and they keep failing, and then they... And as he's talking, like, it shows each one of them and they're wearing the same things that the corpses are wearing, which is kind of weird. Oh, and also, too, like, behind the scenes there, if you look on the key, like, four was a big 
they were talking about four a lot in this movie. Like the uh, people, like this group was talking about the number four a lot. Like everything came out being four. Like even when he went down, he's like, I shot him three times. They're like, no, you, he's like, no, it was four. Um, and all that, right? So they start doing that. And then you realize when you look on the key, the key he's wearing, the key that that guy was wearing has three holes. And the key that this time around on his neck has four holes. So they are, they are still kind of playing into that. Like, is it possibly just they're just repeating this every now and again? And this is like their fourth attempt at doing this. And then, like, you find like the map, and maybe there wasn't a previous team. It was like, but like every time they go, like they can change, like, all, like something alters a little bit. So like they left a map for them this time because that map wind up helping them out. Um. So they wind up with that, a little bit, a little bit. A little bit. So yeah, they, they find another map left by somebody else. And we're like, well, who left the map here? And then there's no mention of like another team. But then we see those people there. But it's like, are they? is it another team? Or is it them just reliving their lives? Mm. It's very interesting. I just don't like the fact that it, they never comment on it again. Like, Well, it was just like an alternative theory, which I guess like it's kind of like how they did it. They presented it kind of like it's just like an alternative theory. Like it may be a thing. It may not be a thing. I don't know. Yeah, because the, the what you call it guy mentions that this is the second time he screwed over the the coyote chick. He's like, ah, this has worked twice or whatever. So then you're like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. That part, time travel makes my nose bleed. Yeah, it was just a weird thing to put in the movie. It's just, I don't know. Like, it made like you, it made you think, but it's just like, why? What the fuck is even this, like, have to do with anything? <laughs> anyway. Although there is, like, whenever they kill the alpha zombies, like, they're either their eyes turn bright blue, or, like, there's this weird blue mist that comes out of them, which is... I don't know if that's supposed to be the virus or what. You know, it's all very strange. Yeah, one of them looked like a robot. I remember that. Like, they blew his head apart, and I thought, like, I saw sparks or some shit. Yeah. So, yeah, like, it, that That did keep happening, actually. It happened a couple times throughout the movie. We're like, or, we're like, they would blow them up, and you're like, you see, like, these sparks coming from this, and you're like, what the fuck is that? Like, why does that look like there's sparks coming out of this? It was very, it was very, it was, it was very weird. In my opinion, it was very weird. So let's see. I'm trying to think what happens after that. So they they managed to get in the safe. They start taking the money out up to the helicopter. Uh, then the, but then the elevator like fall like breaks in. The girl that. Loved him, admitted she loved him, and then they were gonna go because they realized the daughter was missing. So he's gonna, he, him and her were gonna go get the daughter while everyone else got the money to the plane. Then the zomb, the alpha zombies show up, and basically, as soon as the elevator doors open, they're there and they break her neck, twist it around so she's looking at him, and then basically they all have to like run for their lives. Uh, and the the safecracker guy and the black guy end up getting separated, and they're stuck at the vault and the safe cracker guy sacrifices himself to close the black guy into the safe to protect him. Yep. Uh, and then the others try to get out and the guy slams the, well, don't forget that the one chick died super unceremoniously. Like she was having this whole thing. Um, like, Oh, you know, she's like telling him like she loves him and all this I, shit, which they really don't have time for this. I did. You, that. you did say that. Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. I didn't. 
<laughs> my my headphones no my headphones fucking up like dude i i think I don't, either that or i have an ear infection like my ear is fucking ringing and like i i hear you but like i'm yeah you did say that that happened she fucking died unceremoniously it was really funny because that was really poor timing on her part like we don't have time for this shit although she does say one thing i guess i don't want to touch her. she does say one thing that um i think actually may be true where the whole thing was like um when she was like they'll tell me this is like some elaborate plot to get back in like your daughter's good graces and it is kind of like we, we kind of figure out throughout the movie with how that kind of plays out that that is kind of what it is uh he only really accepted this to get in his daughter's good graces um which is kind of fucked but at the same time like i get it you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i'm like it's, it's kind of fucked in the sense that a lot of people died for that <laughs> And, uh, yeah, like, it wasn't, I'm not saying it wasn't worth it, but it, it, it really wasn't worth it. Yeah. Sorry, Rob, you did talk about that. My bad. Okay. So, as you were, sir. Oh, okay. So, the, the rest of them are running down the hall, and the, the guy, the corporate guy gets ahead of them. And slams a grate shut and locks it so that there's the other three are still stuck inside. Um, so then he takes the head and he tries to get out. He goes uh, for some reason he goes back down through the garage. I guess he's just going to walk out and not take the helicopter. Um, but the other three manage to cut through the wall and get into a different room. Eventually, with the because they had like a giant saw that they brought with them that for fighting zombies. Uh, but they use the giant saw to cut through into a different room, and they get out that way. Uh, I think that's where the YouTube guy dies? I don't remember. I know he dies, but I don't remember where. I think he died while they were trying to escape through the hole in the wall. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> um, no, he died in the casino floor room. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, so that didn't... Money and then pulled just the yeah, uh, grenades. That was kind of unnecessarily... Like, he... He paused at mo- like first off, he had all the money, which was a really bad play to begin with. Like he shouldn't have had all that. That's a lot of money to carry for one person. Um, and he had all this money, and then it was just really like he didn't need to die. Like there was no point in his death. His death was probably one of the more pointless deaths, if I'm being honest. I don't know how anyone else feels about that, but if I'm being honest, I feel his death was probably one of the most pointless deaths in, in the, in the movie. I mean, I've already said my feelings on this. I think they were. Well, I mean, him like him dying. Pointless. Rob, you always feel most very pointless, but I anything anything that you you are a very anti unhappy ending, Rob. You're very <laughs> anti unhappy ending. Okay, well, whose death accomplished anything? Whose death accomplished anything? It really depends on what you're looking for. Honestly. Um, I mean, different deaths... No, I mean, seriously, different deaths accomplish different things. Like, you have... Uh, what's her fucking name's death? Well, the first guy's death, that you could, off the top of my head, that accomplished something was we, we got the gratification of seeing that fucking guy get mauled by a tiger. Which, by the way, we haven't got there yet, but that fucker guy gets mauled by a tiger, and it's beautiful. Um... The guy and the girl who died, they were kind of friends. Their, their death was kind of pointless. The one chick was kind of... I would say the safecracker probably had the most, like, impactful death in the movie. Just because, like, there was, like, that slow friendship that built up there. And people loved him a lot. And that's why he's... We're not getting a sequel, but we're getting a spinoff series, and it's a prequel. And we're getting 
him cracking like him in his safe cracking days and how he became so good at cracking safes. We are getting that later, like down the road. We're getting a on Netflix, we're gonna get like a prequel series of him and like his crew cracking safes. Uh which could go either way, like I don't know how interesting it's gonna be. I think he had the most impactful death by far. You have I mean Batista's death is kind of like a full circle death. Um you know the daughter was kind of mad at him for killing for killing her mom and his wife by fucking stabbing her in the head and then leaving and then well she had to blow it went full circle with her having to blow his brains out um so yeah i mean you know there are deaths that were impactful but overall i mean the movie was just it it, it wasn't a happy ending story movie but like just because the deaths weren't necessarily impactful, I feel like it's not more impactful that's bothering you, is the fact that there was just no happy ending for you. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I feel like there's just no happy ending in this movie. There, the thing is, there's no difference from whether they had gone into the, to live Las Vegas or if they had not gone into Las Vegas. Nothing changed. No, not true. I Okay. Because the black guy got bitten and introduced, and introduced the world... Introduced you don't, you don't know that it cuts off before that happens. But that's what that's what that that's what happens. He 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 introduces the virus to the outside world now. Nah, I'm still sure it would have happened. Himself in the plane. Something tells me he's not going to do that. Well, Based on like what he's already kind of done, something tells me he's not going to do that. I just don't see that happening. So um, there are two specu- there are two speculation things regarding this the the blue eyed zombies like the robot guys that we were talking about that mm-hmm. Zack Snyder specifically answered this in a Q and A. He says if you put, quote if you pay close attention, there's a number of zombies that are co- clearly not zombies. You see normal zombies, and then you see some robot zombies. Are they monitors that the government has placed among the zombies to monitor them? Or are they technology from another world? Because they 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 allude to them in the beginning that the Zeus the 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 alpha zombie that they're you know bringing uh, might have been from Area Fifty One and could technically be an alien and this could be an alien virus and and stuff. But they're not sure. I mean, those are just two things, and <clears throat> Zack Snyder kind of led. Led the answers to the robot zombies in both directions. So technically, it could just be, you know, the government planted these robot robot zombies into the city to spy on the other zombies for whatever reason. But I feel like if the government was going to do that, they wouldn't have just decided to nuke Las Vegas. Yeah, it's fair. That's fair. So perhaps they are. Some of them are just biomechanical. Maybe it's it's just it's like cyborg kind of alien technology stuff. Cyborg kind of alien technology stuff. Yeah. You're so good. You are such a wordsmith, Webber. Yeah, I know. Boom, aliens. You're the... What the fuck? Fucking massive fucking fly just flew in my face. Now, how big was this fly? How big fucking, was this fly? Like the size of a dime. Like, it was big. He's like, he's like it was the fucking size of Texas, goddammit. I'm <laughs> fucking huge, I'm and I didn't like it. Rob comes out, and I'm just like, my chair's knocked over. I'm unconscious on the floor. There's just a fly on my forehead. <laughs> Small pool what the fuck just happened? The concrete. <laughs> what the fuck just happened, Rob? This fly beat the shit out of me. 
yeah. So yeah, you know, this movie. It was a movie. It was it was entertaining to watch. It was an entertaining movie. I mean, I again, like it's a. If I were like, to watch it again, it would be as background noise. This is, this is the thing with a lot of like Zack Snyder movies, and like, hear me out, right? Like, now I'm about to like pull up the his thing for a second. Give me like two seconds, just so I can like verify. But I do feel like a lot of a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of Zack Snyder movies are like. The last Zack either, Snyder movie that I really either really pretentious, enjoyed. super pretentious, or just generally unfun. No, so that I, is how I think the last Zack Snyder movie I thoroughly enjoyed and have watched several times was Three Hundred. Well, yeah, no, I'm saying like that. Yeah, I, I said a lot of his movies, not all of his movies. A lot of his movies are very, I think, very pretentious and very just, um. What's the fucking word I'm looking for? Pretentious and very just, like not. I don't want to say not great, but like not not great. Like they have a lot of praise, but they're. I don't think they're particularly good movies. Um, honestly, like a good chunk of Zack Snyder's movies, I think are. You know, just for once, I wish that the stupid self-righteous character would get the consequences of what they caused. Like, he told her several times not to leave, and she's like, oh, I know better. I'm going to leave into the zombie city to go look for my friends. Yeah, zombie you know, headquarters. it happens. And People they should have said, oh, she left to go, oh, well, good luck to her, and then she dies because she's an idiot. But no, they go, and everyone else dies except for her because she's fucking moron, and everyone's like, protect the moron. I don't understand. Yes, Rob. That's how that works. You protect the moron, Rob. You protect the moron, Rob. It's how it works. No, people need to suffer the consequences of their actions. I, I, I agree with the statement that people need to suffer the consequences of their actions. Does not mean that. Does not mean that they don't get away with it. But also, going on my rant real quick for Zack Snyder movies. So, like, real quick. Most all of the DC movies, well, the bad ones. Did we lose Devin? No, I'm here. Oh, you said you were going to go on your Zack Snyder rant. Yeah, I still am. Um, so. I was pulling up his list, and I was making sure I had the whole thing in front of me. Sorry. So, Justice League. Yeah, boring. Um, I will say Justice League. the Snyder cut, which was the extended cut, was better than the theatrical It was release. better, but it still wasn't good. Like, yeah. it wasn't... It, it was better, but it wasn't amazing. It didn't, like... It didn't make me change my opinion of the movie, like, if that makes sense. It answered a lot of um, questions of the theatrical release that I had. Like, things that didn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it helped the pacing of the movie, but it was still overall, I think, a mediocre movie. Yeah. Um, you had, and the fact that we had to wait four years for it also was kind of like okay. Um, but whatever. Uh, you had going back. You had Batman vs Superman, which was garbage. Yes, Man of Steel. 
which was not great. You had Sucker Punch, uh, which I let mean, me say this. wasn't no. terrible. So, Man of Steel was not terrible, but it was not, it was not good. I mean, really, my biggest gripe with Man of Steel was the end. Him laser beaming Zod, or whatever. Yeah, like, that shouldn't have happened. That was everybody's gripe, but I mean, like, that definitely should not have happened in that. But on the same hand, I just feel that movie in general just was not very... It didn't, it didn't, it didn't, like, as a movie that didn't, you want to say, like, Rob was to say, like, didn't accomplish anything, that movie accomplished nothing, mm-hmm. um, collectively speaking. That movie was hot, hot garbage, in terms of, like, it, it was, like, Superman, but he was already, like, it was almost like he was already jaded, like, it, it came out of, I don't you know what I mean, like, it was, like, jaded, not jaded Superman, it was, like, what's the point of this? He was already jaded, and it was, like, odd. But, um, more importantly than that, you go down to Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch, I think, is a visually beautiful movie. I do think the movie is... It's, 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 it's not a good movie. Like, I'm sure Reddy may argue in that one because it is a visually pretty movie. But, like... That movie is not good. No, I do. I do not. Agree. I, I I agree with you. I do not. Like oh, you actually okay? Okay, I was like, I thought you were gonna be like, I don't know. I think it's not that bad. No, no, no that movie's I, hot I, garbage. I, I did movie. not. I did not like Sucker Punch. Again, visually, I do. I I agree. It was it was. It was visually appealing on the same lines that Three Hundred was. You know, they yeah. had a lot of the same cine- cinematography and, and, and things like that. And, um, yeah, it was appealing in that sense. But the story about it all, I, 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 did, I did not care for. Okay. So it, wasn't, it wasn't just me that thought that. All right. I cool. love Sucker Punch. It's my favorite movie ever. Have you even ever seen it? Well, I have never seen it. Okay. Well, Rob, I can tell you, I can be, I can confidently say you will dislike that movie more than majority of people that like that movie. <laughs> I feel like I can confidently say that. I don't know if Wayne would agree with me, but I feel like I can confidently say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably. Uh, going down from that, you have fucking. I guess Watchmen. I don't. I guess Legends of the Guardians, the Owls of Gaul, or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I I didn't see that movie. It's a bunch of owls, I guess. Right? Yeah. Uh, Legends of the Guardians. Watchmen was. Watchmen was good, the... but it was so goddamn long. Like it was long and just like super. It, that 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 was probably like the pinnacle, I think, of like pretentious Zack Snyder. Like, it was just this long, drawn-out movie for no fucking reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think, I think he made, he just... made Watchmen, I think, coming off of the success of 300, and there was too many similarities in, like, the, the style. And Watchmen, yes, it, it was closely... It, 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 like, it, it did... It did feel like the comic, like it, it it was dark, like it was it was was supposed to be dark, you know, whatever. But like, I don't know, they could have done a lot more with Watchmen. I feel like it, it's not a bad movie. I definitely recommend people go see it. But 
uh, it was just too long for me. Like they could have, they could have cut some stuff. They could have, they could have covered other things with that amount of time instead. Um, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. And I mean, that brings me to my case of 300, 300. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I could put 300 on right now and really still enjoy the movie. Like, I don't know. Um, and I noticed he didn't do rise of the 300 or whatever. The sequel to 300? Who 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 directed that one? Because, I mean, I also kind of um, like that movie, too. I don't know who wound up directing that one, but it was not him. I liked that one, too. but It wasn't bad, yeah. It was pretty good. And 300 was really his... Well, Dawn of the Dead was his first big one that he directed. That was back in 2004. But yeah, anyway, Army of the Dead. I'll give it a thumbs up. I'm not going to give it two thumbs up. I didn't mind it. Uh, We joked about how the movie would have been better if it had The Rock in it. Uh, But I think Batista was a good choice for this movie. Um, I agree with that. I would agree with that. All in all, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it middle of the road. I'm going to give it like a 5 to a 6. I don't think it was terrible, but... Uh, I'm not running running to fucking rewatch it. It's it's holding a 5.9. So yeah, I think that's fairly accurate. Um, A 5.9 is fairly accurate on that movie, in my opinion. For sure. Rob, what do you think? What would you give Army of the Dead number-wise? A 4. For and that's purely because of the ending. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was all right in between, but yeah, like like I said, I don't like movies that end up being where like it wouldn't have mattered what any of them did anyway because everyone just died. Oh, correction, real quick. Best my, my three hundred Zack Snyder great movie. Second favorite Zack Snyder movie is probably Dawn of the Dead, right? Which was his first major one. Yeah, I mean, that one was solid. Um, it was a solid, solid movie. Solid film. Alright. Uh, Devin, did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up? Uh, we're, we're pretty much done talking about Army of the Dead. Yes. Uh, we are We are a little over an hour, so I mean, we've talked about it a lot longer than I thought we would. Eh, that's probably a lot of it. like... Uh, one and off is kind of dead air and us trying to remember that I got you. That's true. Uh, so, so, I have, I'm scrolling through Reddit and I got some, uh, I got some homebrewed D&D magic items. I just want you guys to, like, as DM perspectives, be like, hey, you know what? This is, I think, a fair weapon. And I tried to, I'm scrolling through as like, literally as I'm doing this, I'm scrolling through, like, looking at them as I'm scrolling through, so I'm, it may take me, like, a, a minute to like, refine one. But, uh, so the first one here is going to be, just tell me, like, do you think it's fair? Would you allow it? Do you think it's unfair? Too strong? That kind of thing. Okay. Uh, so the first one here uh, is the Subjugator's Whip, Martial Weapon, Melee Weapon, very rare, requires attunement. 
You gain a plus two bonus to attack and damage rolls made with this magic weapon. You can use this bon a bonus action to speak this magic whip's command word to make abyssal runes appear in the handle. With a dull red glow, while the runes are active, the next creature you hit with an attack roll made with this weapon is marked. The weapon deals an extra 1d6 fire or necrotic damage to your choice upon marking the target whenever you hit the marked creature with it. In addition, the first attack you make against the marked creature with this weapon on each of your turns has advantage. The marking lasts until the marked creature dies or you lose concentration as, you as if you were concentrating on a spell. Afterwards, the runes disappear, and you can't use this feature until the next dawn. Uh, I mean, essentially, you're getting a free hunter's mark as part of a weapon um, with your option of two different damage types. Um, I don't think it's too overpowered for when I would give it to a party, because it is a plus two weapon, so it's not something I'm going to give to a lower level party. Uh, this would be more of a mid-range, um, like maybe eight to eight to twelve or eight to even thirteen level range. So I think by then, I don't think that's too overpowered. What you, Rob? Um, no, I mean. It seems fine to me. But I'm a pushover with <laughs> Alright, this one, I'm really curious to get Webby's take on this one. Alright, Webby. This is one I read earlier, so I may not be quoting it exactly. I lost the spot where I found it. Unless I can find it, like, real quick. Nope. Hold on. Work for me. Yeah, I think I just, like, lost it real quick, which sucks, because it was, like, right there. I lost it, but it's okay. All right, I got, I, I get the gist of it. So, uh, I forgot what it is. It, it was the coin of something. It was the coin of, I think it was the coin of absolutes. That's what it was. I think it was. So it's a coin that once per once per day. Hold on, one you second. can. Uh, yep, you're good. Move on to the next item, and I will be right back. All right, I will look for that one while I'm also talking to Rob. All right, Rob. <laughs> there you go, Rob. Fair or not, right? Uh, the autom the automatic magic missile gun already sounds fair. Uh, you activate this item by pronouncing its magic word. After it's been activated, you can cast the spell magic missile at level nine for one minute each. Uh, one minute each of your turns. The magic missile spell cast with this item has double reach. After the minute has passed, you must take a long rest before you can use this again. This item cannot be moved. As its magic depends on local ley line energy, if you manage to move it by succeeding in a DC 25 strength check, the item's magic is lost. You can, on the other hand, extract its core with the DC 20 Thieves tool check, which gives you a single wand of magic missile with no charges left. Um, the automatic magic missile gun 60 then loses its magic. So basically, it's a magic missile turret. <laughs> so I think it's pretty solid. You can like, set it up like outside of like a like a base or something. Yeah, and the defense is like a cast or something. It I actually might fine. save that. I actually kind of like that. I thought it was going to be a little bit more unfair than it was, but I actually kind of like that. I'm going to save that for reasons. Um. Oh God. Oh, okay. No, never mind. I thought that was an attack. I thought that was an attack. I'd be like. Rogues would shit bricks with this if this was an attack. Um, but it's a it's a uh, 
magical magical piercing damage is like a spell as a cone. So fan of knives. While holding this fan, you can use an action to launch a barrage of knives in a flat in a flat fifteen foot cone. Creatures in the cone must see a DC thirteen deck saving throw take sixty four magical piercing damage on a failed save or has missed a custom one. Once you use the fan, shouldn't be used again until the next dawn. Each time it is used again before then, it has a, a cumulative twenty percent chance of not working and tearing the useless non magical tatters. Um, that one would be interesting. If that was an attack, rogues would like be all over that because could you imagine that was an attack with sneak attack? Yeah, Fucking I know. Sixty-four <laughs> cone of fan blades shooting out. Like, what's up? Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to see like this fucking the fucking ring of absolutes. Ring of absolutes. Uh, items. Oh wait, did I find it? Did I find it? Did I find it? Maybe? Maybe? Nope. Fuck. I'm trying to find it! Rahab! Rahab! Ah, Matt! I can blind I, dude, I'm mad. I really want to find this. Like, it was one of my things I had planned. I was like, I was like, sure, it's Webby. I'm like, I, I really want your take on this. Uh, cause uh, he, he, he would like, I feel like he would like it, but he would also like hate it at the same time. Uh, so I'm really curious to see. But here we go. I'll go through this. Um, so these are all pretty fair. Um, these are all pretty fair. Let's see if I can find some uh, funny or some home, some good homebrew weapons, homebrew D and D items. I've like I have I have a list pulled up, but I don't want to keep going to those because they're not as good as ones I really liked. Um. This is lightning catcher armor. Armor plate plus one requires a two. And being struck by lightning. Or taking a sufficient amount of lightning damage. So you attune it by being struck by lightning or taking a sufficient amount of lightning damage. Alright, alright, I already like this. A beautiful suit of plate armor made from obsidian. This armor is pitch black with a glossy finish. It has the same stats as plate plus one along with the following effects. When you take lightning damage, you can use a reaction to absorb the lightning into the armor, healing you for half the damage taken, plus your spell casting modifier. If you are an armor or artificer, the next time you use your lightning launcher or Thunder Gauntlet, you may add extra damage to the add an extra damage die. You can use this feature three times per day. My only issue I have with that one is the way it's worded. There's no point in healing the lightning damage because you're you're not immune to lightning damage. So when you take lightning damage, you can use your reaction to absorb the lightning into the armor, healing you for half the damage taken. So instead of healing you and making it a healing effect, I think you should just use a reaction to reduce the lightning damage. Or, or use that reaction to gain resistance to lightning damage, and then or like you know, resistance plus your spellcasting modifier to lightning damage, or just reduce the damage taken by half plus your spellcasting modifier. Because then you're attaching on a healing a healing to it. So if anybody has an additional healing buff or something like that, where like anytime you get healed, you get healed for x x more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. it, it it could get more crazy on either end. I, I think it's fine. I just don't like the fact that it heals. Um, it should just reduce the damage taken. Yeah. 
Um, Unless, like, you already have a damage reduction, so it's like, oh, you heal for half the damage, but then what? what is actually damage is reduced again to, like, half, so you Yeah, but, I mean, resistance kicks in before damage, if I'm not mistaken. So... Because you would heal half the damage taken, so you if you if you had natural resistance to lightning damage, and you got like forty damage to lightning. You're taking twenty, so you're healing ten. So you're really only taking ten damage. But I feel like you would just better off by saying you're you're only taking. Actually, it's more like it's not even resistance. It's more like immunity because you take half, you heal half the damage, you take half the damage, so it's just canceling itself out. No, like you, if twenty it, damage, you heal ten, and you take ten. No, it says you heal half the damage taken. So, and resistance works. Resistance was factor in first. So, if you got like hit for forty lightning damage, you would take twenty damage. And then at the completion of taking that twenty damage, you'd heal for ten, plus your uh, spellcasting modifier. So you're taking like let you're over. You're like if you got hit twice, you're taking like net damage. You know what I mean? But like hmm. it's still like so. You know, let's say your spellcasting modifier is five, but also you're in plate armor, so your spellcasting modifier is not that high unless you're a fucking like paladin. Um, and everything's in wisdom, and then you're okay, fine. But like a wizard's not fucking wearing plate, so there's like clerics and wizards only, because like you're not really, or clerics and paladins only, because you're not fucking wearing plate armor as a sorcerer or a wizard. So, yeah, like you're getting hit for that, and then you're turning around and healing it. So I, it, yeah, like it, it, it's kind of the heal is kind of pointless. You might as well just take half. You'll give yourself resistance plus your um. Resistance, and then you know after you're after in this head, like after you take damage, you gain you know X mini uh, your spellcasting modifier in ten hit points or something like that. I I really do like that feature though. Like I wish they would bring that back over to. Uh, it was one of my favorite classes to play from like the days of old, the Crusader of days of old. It was like a melee. Paladin cleric. It was really interesting because um, they weren't—they didn't really cast spells, but they did have like maneuvers and stuff that would heal people. But they didn't really cast spells. But one of the things they did was they had like a damage. They had like a kind of like a temporary damage pool. So basically, it was every time they took damage, their pool could hold so so much of it. So like, let's say they had like I think it was like from levels like one through five, it was like twenty damage, and then from levels like it would go up a little bit. Eventually, at like max level, you could hold like a hundred hundred damage in the pool whatever the thing was though for every 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 like every for every damage point you had in the pool like it was in brackets so like i think every like 20 points you had in the pool you got an additional plus one to attack rolls and a plus one to damage rolls um and you could then do stuff to like burn off you like maneuvers that would like burn off your pool so it would it would make you less consistently on hitting but it, yeah and how it worked was your i think it was it lasted for a equivalent of like three rounds. So then, like you'd have your damage pool, and then it would cycle. You would take that damage like in three rounds. So you could theoretically be dead <laughs> um, if and if you weren't careful, like monitoring your damage. You took actual damage because any the extra damage you took that your pool can hold was like you would just take it. The rest of it would like trickle in over like three rounds. The part of that sucked is if you weren't monitoring that and like doing maneuvers that were like burning off your pool. So he was constantly like monitoring how much damage you had in your pool, how much life you have left. Were you willing to take that much damage in three rounds or however long ago? I can't remember like how long it was. We would take that much damage. And then like, but if I heal myself now and heal the pool, do I want to 
do I want to give up my damage and my consistency? So it was kind of like a constant like circle. So you as mm-hmm. even like a melee character, you were constantly like juggling and like playing around with that. Like like uh do I really want to do this? I don't know. Like do I really want to like go another like two rounds and just take like 150 damage to the face at the start of my next round? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this, but it's not like it could work. I'm guessing Webby's getting sick. That's my that's my guess. Mm, probably. I was gonna say, if you want, we can just end this now, and then I can always br- bring it up to him. I could refine the exact what I was looking for, and we, and we can br- and we can talk about it later. I think I'm gonna do like a D and D episode next week anyway, or like a role playing episode next week anyway. In in general, because I feel like we can all just like do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we all can just like sit down and like talk role playing stuff. So I think I want to do that anyway. That's my plan. So if you want to end this. Yeah, he's um I don't know what Tanif's gonna be back in we're almost an hour and a half now. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and do this so... and we will just do that and get back. So all right, Rob, where can people uh, find you on the interwebs here, sir? You can find me on uh Twitter at confessor underscore X and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash confessor X. Are you streaming again? I haven't. I am going to start soon, though. Once I okay. get a game that I think people will like. It's currently things I'm playing. People have already seen, so it's just like, meh. Yeah, that's kind of the boat I'm in right now. Like, I'm. I have internet connection. It's wireless, but it's it's been pretty stable and pretty good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I I've been debating on like getting back into streaming myself, but I'm like at the same time like I have nothing that like I'm really playing that people would be interested in watching me play. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like a 50-50 scenario. Um, but yeah, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at DMP underscore Pookie, and you can find me on Twitch maybe soon-ish at Mr. D3. And as always, you can find me on eBay um, looking for the cure of life so I can help Webby, because that's what I want to do. And you can find Webby on Twitter at Walker, all one word, and on Instagram at patrick.webster52. And as always, you can find us on email us, call us, do something. I don't know how you're going to call us, but you'll figure it out. You guys are smart. we got smart listeners. Email us, call us, leave reviews. We're going to do something. It's going to be cool. I promise. But anyway, all right, Rob, let's uh, get it out of here. And as usual, you know, fuck Booster Goal. We fucking booster go, Rob. All right, we fucking booster go. Booster go coming soon to you. Um, that could be taken out of context, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, that sounds like that sounds like a gay porn, as Rob would say. <laughs> but, <laughs> booster go coming coming to a future near you. Like, all right, there you go. All right, I like it, and that's where we're gonna end it right there. <laughs> You can kill Craig Rob, and then if you want to end his, if you want to go to Webby's and Paul's his thing, you can. Um, you can, and then uh, you just gotta add the music in the background there. Like that's why I pause for a second to like if you want to, if he wants to add the music in and break it up, he can. Um, but other than that, like I think we're good. But uh, yeah. All right, man. I'm gonna run to the store. Uh, I'll be back on. I don't know what you're doing. I know you guys aren't doing distractions, but I know Webby wants to lay down. So I'm gonna run in the store real quick. I'll be back in like five-ish minutes, ten-ish minutes, twenty-ish minutes.